Hello, and welcome back to Culture Bucket. Uh, you're with your hosts, uh, George and Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi. How are you, George? I'm ill. I am. But never mind. <laughs> but uh, um, we're, we're pushing through because I can't transmit any no. um, disease through a podcast medium, so it's perfectly safe. Please don't. You know, rip your earphones out in in uh, panic or anything. <laughs> you can't you can't get what I've got, and what I've got is is a very minor cold. Oh, <laughs> yeah, poor G. But, uh, I've spent the weekend feeling sorry for myself either way. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you're gonna you might hear me clearing my throat. I'll I'll try and avoid uh t- t- too much of that. I do apologize. Although should... it's it's apt for today's discussion, uh, oh, yeah. on account of the the amount of sort of throat, um trauma that is inflicted on the uh, <laughs> on the on the singer in the band that we're going to be talking about by himself self-inflicted uh, throat yeah. trauma anyway i'm rambling uh this is episode number 56 uh last week we had a wonderful discussion about june um that was uh so much fun and uh this week we're going to be discussing one of my favorite bands yeah or my favorite band um that band being the the bristolian punk post-punk uh band idols yeah, from my favourite city yeah. in the UK. Yes, yeah, one of the best. Up there with um, uh, Sheffield, which I love, uh, but Bristol is uh, is is also great. Yeah. And, uh, birthed the, the Idols, or just Idols as they would prefer to be known. And they have just released their fourth studio album called yes. Crawler. Yes. Yes. But uh, so very um, soon after the the the, the ultra mono, which I yeah, didn't realize like until I was reading today. Yeah, like four albums in four years, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is uh, or just like four and a half years. It's pretty pretty wild stuff that they've uh, decided to be so prolific and also you know pushed their sound forwards quite a lot in just mm. the space of a year because this album yeah. is um. Whether you like it more or less than Ultramono, we can all agree that it is very different to Ultramono. You're giving it away. We've just started. And that's the yeah, end of the it, episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm, what? What? That it's different? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a very different album. So we're going to be talking about it. We'll go through it track by track and uh, discuss our thoughts on each song on the album and how they're different. And also, I think, uh, define what the sort of concept is because i think more than ultramono this album has a sort of key concept at the core of it and, a, and an idea that's being explored mm. uh throughout its runtime and a sort of journey uh, as such that it takes you on which is cool um so yeah we'll be talking about it and we'll start right now i've got a list for you alex yes you can tell me what this is a list of and why it's uh, relevant to our discussion today uh, Hunky Dory by David Bowie, A Night at the Opera by Queen, 
Let There Be Rock by ACDC, Darkness of, on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen, Tommy by The Who, Blue by Joni Mitchell, Rust in Peace by Megadeth, Remain in Light by Talking Heads, Kid A by Radiohead, 808s and Heartbreaks by Kanye West, 2112 by Rush, Bleed American, Jimmy Eat World, Super Unknown by Soundgarden, Everything Must Go, Manic Street Preachers, Viva La Vida by Coldplay, and Justice For All by Metallica, Puzzle by Biffy Clyro, Red by Taylor Swift, and Boxer by The National. What are they all examples of? Uh, albums? <laughs> no, uh, just not just albums. Just a second, just a second. I think, I think I got it. Fourth <laughs> albums of Fourth. artists. Yes. Fourth albums yes. by artists. Fourth albums. And wow. also albums that are largely considered classics in the canon of those artists. And many of them considered all-time classics. Did overall. you come up with this by yourself? Well, I researched and found lists of Amazing. albums and stuff like that. Yeah, put, That's pretty that cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of classic albums in there, right? You've yeah, got, You've definitely. got stuff like... 808s and Heartbreak by uh, Kanye. Um, Super Unknown is that iconic Soundgarden. Darkness on the Edge of Town is one of Bruce Springsteen's best. A Night at the Opera is like Queen's album. And I got to thinking, like, what is it that defines a fourth album? Because so often, you know, the debut album, that's the first time you're hearing the band, mm. the first time anyone's hearing them and they're putting out their first sort of music and seeing what people like. The second album tends to be the one where they take a little bit of a slump quite often. Uh, mm. where they sort of say, well, people liked this, let's give them more of that. And they might not maybe have as much in the tank as they think, and it sort of falters a bit. Yeah. Then album three tends to be where they regroup, reconvene, and um, maybe try something different. Mm. And then the fourth album tends to be, this is the one where they are now, for the first time, they feel like an established group. Mm. They're not a new band anymore. Yeah. And they've all the things they've tried over the preceding three albums, they'll, they'll bring together, decide what they want to keep, and decide where they want to go as a band. Um, and I think you can see that through a few of these examples, you know, something like Puzzle by Biffy Clyro is the album that made them big after three sort of different albums. Red by Taylor Swift, which we've all been listening to recently yeah. as she's re-released it. That's the first proper album where she became a crossover pop star mm. and wasn't, you know, moved on from being a kind of country singer. Kid A by Radiohead, does, we talked about them yeah. last week. That's probably the most iconic fourth album journey of mm. all time in a way it's nothing yeah. like what they've done previously and here we have idols with crawler is it does it belong is it going to belong alongside these other sort of iconic famous fourth albums mm. Mm. probably yeah well we'll we'll discuss it now we'll discuss it now what uh, this think? album this album was produced uh, uh, during the pandemic. It was co-produced by Bowen, um, a member of the band, and Kenny Beats, a sort of rising, mm. primarily hip-hop producer, who um, has come in and just sort of helped them focus on, I guess, good songwriting, quality songwriting, mm. and not being defined yeah. by genre. Like, Kenny Beats isn't defining himself as a hip-hop producer here, and the idols aren't defining themselves as a sort of loud, oh. shouty band that people might think of themselves yeah. as in the past, which is interesting. Um, what did you think prior to hearing the album, prior to going into it? What were your sort of expectations? Well, I really liked <clears throat> Ultramono and I, I like the journey they have been going on. And so I wasn't, I didn't really, I, 
didn't have high expectations. I wasn't going to be like, oh, if this is a bad album. I, I knew that I would have to listen to it a few times. Uh, because I think that's what you have to do with a band like Idols. You can't just listen to the album once and then go, oh, well, I've listened to it. Um, so I knew that this week was going to be Idols week. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to, because I really liked Ultramono. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I, 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 because I don't read much before I do things, I just always go in with like, uh, and I, I listened, well, with an open mind, but I also listened to the single, uh, a few months ago or a month ago. When did it come out? A month ago, maybe. Six weeks before six weeks the ago. album. Yeah. Six weeks ago. And I really liked the single. So, um, yeah, I, I had... Good. Did you listen to Car Crash before? No. You heard it on the album. No. no so you, you right? Okay, interesting. No. No. Cool. Nice. Um. Yeah. How did you feel before before um, embarking in the idol's journey of the uh, excited, yeah. obviously, um, surprised because. Ultramono, they announced it like pre-summer, June or July mm. time, and then it was out end of September, so it was quite a long wait, you know, two or three months. And they put out what almost amounted to, I think, half of the album as singles. Um, so Ultramono felt a little bit like a known quantity when it came out um, mm. <clears throat> last year. And I, I, I mean, I really like Ultramono. It's a good album um, with like a lot of good songs on it, and it very much is the Idols album where they did the ultimate version of what they were known for, which is kind of loud, brash, sloganeering, um, mm. issue, kind of songs about different issues and that kind of thing, uh, which is which is interesting. Whereas this one, there was not really any prior warning that they had an album coming. There was just suddenly one day um, Radio 6 announced that they had uh, Idols on to interview and that they were going to be making an announcement. And it was an album suddenly out of yeah. nowhere that was due out in just six weeks. And they only put out two singles before the release mm. of it this time. So they, I think they learned from some of the mistakes of last time and not mm. necessarily mistakes, but last time with the release of Ultramono, it was this huge campaign to try and get them a number one album. They really wanted to have yeah. a number one album because it does open doors and kind of affects <clears throat> the rooms you can play as a band, etc. to have a number one album. So they achieved that with Ultramono and they put a lot of effort into getting that number one. And that was where all the singles came from, I think, in the big mm. promotional lead up. And I think with this album, they decided to, they probably felt a bit free in terms of not really feeling the need to have another number one. Mm, yeah. And just letting the album speak for itself. And they released yeah. it in a week where Taylor Swift put out Red, Rod Stewart put a new album out. Uh, Ed Sheeran had just put out that new album of his. Adele's album is out. The, the following week like they yeah. put it out in the middle of these huge titanic yeah. behemoths almost saying we know we're not going to get number one this time like no one's going to move taylor mm. swift from from the no. number one position no and then like any any momentum that they would get going forwards if it if it built up week by week would just be destroyed by adele the following week so it was kind of probably a bit freeing really for them to just not really worry about that so yeah, six weeks, two singles, and then the album came out, and all I really knew about it before listening to it was that it was different, mm. um, which I was sort of excited about. And he'd talked a lot about, when announcing the album, Joe Talbot, the lead singer, had talked a lot about uh, that it's about addiction, and it's about the cycle of addiction, and that it was partly inspired by an experience he had uh, on the motorway one night where a 
motorbike overtook him at say 120 130 miles an hour just half a foot away from the side of his car Mm. and it made him consider how fragile life is how easily you know it could all fall apart in a second if somebody had gone wrong there that motorbike if it had hit him the 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 motorcyclist would have died he'd have probably died yeah and um that kind of inspired the album in in particular the first track on the album is Mm. you know about that event yeah and that was what i knew going in along with um a sort of a, a little short poem that's printed on the al- album cover, at least for one version of the album, that also kind of appeared in various articles about it. So um, I don't know if you'll have seen this poem or know it, or I don't know if it's even a poem. Anyway, I'll read it out, and then that's kind of everything that we knew before we heard the album. So it goes, I was on my knees, but I was not begging nor praying. I was just getting by, and I survived my traumas and the savage bastard cycle of addiction by half a whisker. Survival isn't just the end release of centred jubilation. It's all the ugly, vicious and lonely steps along the way. I look back now and see just how beautiful life is. To recover is beauty, but to be carried by the embrace of care and luck is ecstasy. I am grateful. I am a crawler. I am alive. All is love. Mm. So that's printed on certainly one version of the album that I've seen. Yeah. Um, And it's not lyrics from the album. It seems to be some sort of intro idea for the album i guess had you heard that before or seen that um well i'm just on a genius uh the website genius and i just uh, read it now while you whilst you were reading so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i didn't <clears throat> yeah it's beautiful interesting it is mm. very beautiful mm. um and sort of immediately highlights that this album is much more do you would you agree like it's much more poetic and sort of the lyrics are much more introspective maybe than previous work. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's definitely, it's definitely a, a shift in this album, uh, which um, the more I listen to it, the more I enjoyed listen to it, listening to. Um, yeah, whilst in Ultra Mono, it was more about repetition and yeah. uh, making kind of, uh, you know, kind of the same sound and a lot of like... <sighs> Um, lyrics, lyric repetition, which I liked. Of course, I really liked that album. I feel like this one, the more you listen to it, the more you understand what's going on and the more the songs become um, really meaningful and beautiful. Yeah. 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 No, There's not much joy in this album. Uh, no, it's a, quite a dark <laughs> album. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Although mm. there's a there's a there's a line that they've used a lot in the promotional material that is repeated in the final track that kind of mm. I think I think it finds some form of yeah. joy. Uh, towards uh, the end. Yeah. <clears throat> towards the end, yeah. Because it's definitely a journey of an album where it starts in a very dark place yeah. and moves yeah. through and tries to avoid um the cycle of going back to the start. Uh, which yeah. is which is interesting. Um, mm. So before we get into talking about these songs in total, it's probably worth noting that yeah, I've used. There's a consequence of sound article where Joe Talbot and uh, I think he's called no, what's his name? I'm embarrassed if I get it wrong. Uh, Mark Bowen and Joe Talbot in this consequence of sound article go through each track one by one, sort of say you know give their feelings on the track. So I read that in advance of this episode and we'll be using some sort of ideas that I got from that uh, probably in our discussion. So that I'll put the links to that, the link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's worth reading. It's a good article. 
Um, and also Genius, I think we'll, we're both probably going to be using Genius because it's a good resource for lyrics and Yeah, things. I never used yeah. Genius before. I've watched their YouTube videos, which I, I enjoy watching uh, because <laughs> sometimes there's some really great ones and sometimes there's some awful ones and I quite enjoy watching the awful ones. Uh, but I, I never... <laughs> <laughs> because we've never discussed an album um uh, song by song i was like how are we going to do this and so i found this uh, i found i went on genius and it's amazing it's a great resource yeah and yeah. people annotate the lyrics and not you know all yeah. sorts. It's, it's really good i love i love genius so mm. should we get into it should we talk about the first track yes please mtt 420rr is the uh, title of the opening track yeah um i only just yesterday bothered to go and find out what that is do you know what that means uh is it is it a kind of motorcycle yeah it's the name of a um yeah. super bike uh rate yeah. rr stands for race ready so i think it's supposed yeah. to be the model of motorbike that overtook joe on the yeah. highway on the motorway yeah yeah because I, I i was um everybody loves of course i'm in italy everybody loves motorcycles and uh, the, <laughs> like it's not an exaggeration <clears throat> Most people I know own a motorcycle. <laughs> Bonkers. Um, as an opening track, it's pretty different to their previous opening tracks. If you think about a song like Heal, Heal off Brutalism, uh, Colossus off um, yeah. Joy's an Act of Resistance. They're both songs that kind of build uh, and then kind of have a big breakdown and build to a point mm. where everyone kind of goes crazy. Uh, War on Ultramono, similar to the, how that album operates, that song just starts at the crazy point and doesn't really give up this one builds and builds and builds but never gives you the release it just goes um and it's a it's a very different way for them to open an album they haven't done before Mm. uh lyrically it is exploring the (coughs) the incident that inspired the album the motorbike overtaking joe on the motorway Mm -hmm. um with uh, a first verse that mixes kind of really unpleasant imagery with quite funny imagery which is quite uh yeah idle standard style um do you mm-hmm. know what degloved means there's a line where he says he was degloved do you know what that is uh no so it's um a medical term for when and this is a trigger warning this is quite unpleasant ah. for when flesh and skin is ripped uh, wholesale from 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 somebody's body as in taking gotcha. off a glove up, yeah, up, up. and it's a, it's a very um, common occurrence in motorcycle crashes. I believe you know friction, etc. It's caused by f- extreme friction. Um, so that's a that's an immediately quite quite unpleasant image, and he follows it up immediately with the next line. Uh, he was je- jelly roll, which is obviously the image of um, jam all over the place, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> mm. yeah. Um. And then it sort of, it builds, it builds. He starts talking about spinal cords ripping and glass raining down and, you know, Mm -hmm. quite unpleasant, dark, brutal imagery, all based around the idea of a car crash. And then it just goes into this repeated line of, are you ready for the storm? Yeah. The Mm -hmm. first time you, I don't know about you, but the first time I heard this song, I assumed that the storm was going to arrive that his mm. voice would get louder and louder and louder mm. and then he would be screaming the line. But it doesn't. It just ends. What do you think? What What's your take on this track? What do you think of this track? 
Well, it's it's a very it's as a track. The first time I heard the album, I completely forgot that this track has existed. And then oh, really? I listened to it again, and the more I listen to this track, the more amazing it becomes, and the more powerful "Are You Ready for the Storm" becomes, because it doesn't go as loud as it usually does. But no, it, it keeps is pretty, it very low. But it's pretty like spine tingling, uh, you know, a, you know, because it carries on saying, "Are you ready for the storm?" And it, it, it the, the more I listen to it, the more it became one of my probably my favorite track of the of the album. Wow! Just because it's so different for them, but it's it's a song that gr- has grown on me so much, and and I've. I've had moments where I've gone back and listened to it again when I started the album. Mm. And so I listened to it like twice and then I listened to the rest of the album. And it's and if you listen to the album just once, I don't I, like I said, I completely forgot it was like I, I it, it didn't even register in my ma- in my mind the song. The first yeah, time it, I listened it, to it. Cuz so, it doesn't really have a chorus or a hook or No. No. Anything that would make it stick in your mind after once yeah. and it yeah. just sort of passes by almost. But yeah, you're right that it sort of builds each time you hear it. Yeah. And hooks into you. Um, yeah. I've seen people comparing it a lot to like a massive attack, attack track mm. or yeah. some sort of trip hop. It's very Definitely. electronic. Mm. But it's, um, it's an amazing song. Yeah. Yeah. And an amazing bike. So. Yeah. MTT20. Have you, have you checked uh, what kind of bike it is? Yeah, it's like a stupid, um, like, you know, racing bike thing. It looks like a spaceship. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. They cost, like, one... the same <clears throat> amount of a car. Like, if you have this and a oh, car. I'm surprised they don't cost much more than a car. It looks mad. Yeah. Um... So then we go from that very measured, reserved, quite quiet track into the first song that really feels like an idol song that, mm. that we would know from before with The Wheel. Because that's the thing. This song is so kind of moody that when you go to the next song, you're <clears> kind of like shocked oh. in a way. You go, yeah, what? Completely. What? <laughs> And so I, I quite like that that shock because yeah 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 you know um yeah because it's like you know you just finish hearing you're ready for the storm and kind of you know quite like sad and you know you're you're quite contemplative of life and then he just starts it's like go on my knees yeah and uh, it's it's their attempt to do a glam rock song. <laughs> Um, but they kind of made it so heavy that it, you you almost lose that. But when I listen to it now, I can hear what they're getting at and I can oh, tell okay. that's what they're doing. It does sound like a glam rock song, but just made mm. incredibly heavy and shouty. Um, because we've we've got our kind of moody, contemplative, downbeat intro that introduces that this album's going to have quite a sad theme mm. to it. And then the second song, The Wheel, introduces exactly what that theme is going to be, which is addiction. And The Wheel is the cycle of addiction. Mm. Um yeah. And he's discussing, and I, in this article I read, uh, he's talked about how, you know, that first thing about getting on his knees and begging his mother, that's a real yeah. thing from his life, that's autobiographical. Mm. Um, yeah. 
as his mum as his mother struggled with addiction and as as has he struggled with addiction in his life um this song is classic idols greatness i think yeah. um it's got it, it, it's got amazing imagery he just it's quite direct as well in a way yeah. that maybe the first track um doesn't quite bring in it, it's it's got more of that repetition um and it's got him just asking again and again and again for a hallelujah and not and uh, this was pointed out in the consequence of sound out i read not receiving one in response he's just mm. asking and asking but no one's giving him what he wants yeah. um which is uh interesting maybe it's a sort of a sign about where you might turn to if you if you're not getting that uh affirmation that you want mm. but um yeah, I like this song. I think it's a good... I think it works coming in straight after the first track. Yeah. And um, has a good has a good sequel. And when they... has a good um, sort of chorus and lyrics. And when they were doing their recent American tour, uh, they weren't playing many songs off Crawler because it wasn't out yet, but they had announced it. Like, their, their American tour that they've just done happened sort of between the announcement of Crawler but before Crawler was released. So they weren't playing many tracks from it, but this is one of the ones they were playing. So I think that they sort of have faith in this track and I think it would be a good song live mm. as well, especially once people know it. Um, and I, after the, I'd listened to the album a few times, I was walking around my flat just going, and so it turns, like I got, that got stuck <laughs> in my head um, mm. in, a, in a big way. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it. And I again, I read, they were talking about this song, but they talked about how the first half of the album is largely songs directly about different sort of types of trauma. Yeah. And then as it moves into the second half, that's when it starts sort of looking at the realisation that something's wrong and then dealing with it, mm. uh, which is which is interesting, I thought. Um, do you like this track, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. After the first track, this comes with like a high energy, high tempo, uh, kind of the opposite of the track before. Um, And so you kind of start mouthing the lyrics, but then you realize how tragic the lyrics are. You know, you start singing and it's like, you know, I got on my knees and I begged my mother with a bottom one hand, it's one or the other. And it's like... And it's just it like, you know, you you can kind of sing the lyrics and then you realise that, you know, he's talking to his alcoholic mother and asking her to choose. <laughs> in a, in, in a, in a, like, choose on his knees. So that means he's, like, begging her. Yeah. Um, it's just such a, a, a um, interesting, it's kind of like a, a bit of a mind blah. It's like you're kind of like, driving the car and you're singing this song and then you realize that it's like this kid begging his mother to stop drinking and uh him not knowing where to turn or nobody helping him out uh, it's a it's, it's an amazing song uh i i really i really love it but also you kind of go oh just you should not yeah. have enjoy <laughs> listening to it and yeah yeah, I, I think, I know I think that's one of the good thing about this album. It's so it's it's so tragic, but also it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 
Mm. Um, and it's interesting you put that line about being on his knees and stuff. It's a repeated visual image in the album is mm. the idea of being down on your yeah. knees. And obviously the album's called Crawler. Mm. So um, that's something that will come back again and again. The third track is uh, called When the Lights Come On. And after that big high energy second number, it pulls yeah. it back to somewhere mm-hmm. probably halfway between... Uh, MTT and uh, The Wheel with a song that the first like two or even three times I listened to the album this for me was highlighted as one of the kind of weakest songs and one that I didn't really like um, and it took it took a while to turn around on me and now it's one of my highlights on the album I love this track um, it's about that feeling of uh, the lights coming on in a, in a club at the end of the night, the lights coming up and you see everyone in the harsh light of uh, reality. Mm. And that feeling of maybe when you start to be a bit older and realise that everyone else there is, is 10 years younger than you. And um, yeah. maybe you're not, not in the right environment anymore. Um, which is definitely a feeling that I can uh, empathise with and uh, Absolutely. understand. Yeah. Of that feeling <laughs> Absolutely. Of like, Why am I... Why am I here? Who are these people? They're awful. I don't like being here. Yeah. Um, and it's got a great line about uh, I I black out. I don't want I don't your want dim your sum. Dim sum. I don't, I don't want, want your, your dim, dim sum. sum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is good. Um, a good line. And yeah, it's just got this very sort of. I find this song almost hypnotic. Hmm. It's yeah. three a.m. I want to dance till the sun comes. I want to fight your cousins. Cousin. It just sort of, it's yeah. got this like rolling thing. And again, he never kind of pushes his voice up into that screaming that he tends to. Mm. But it's just this very, um, almost you know, considering last song was called the wheel. This song almost feels like a cyclical, like it's very sort of. It kind of just has this one speed it's running at for the mm. whole song, but once you get into the groove of it, it really, really um, drags you along. I think I love yeah. this track. Um, so yeah, I, I that's the one of my highlights on the album uh, is when when the lights come on. Yeah, I I love this song because it is the one that kind of reminds me and has. Although I know they're a Bristol band, I I I never kind of heard. I never kind of associated them with Bristol and this kind of makes me feel the more Bristol of them because it's oh, kind yeah. of experiences that I've had in Bristol. Like Bristol is a massive party city in the sense that you can, you know, there's always something going on in Bristol and um, there's always like a night or <coughs> a club or anything. And then, you know, you do that for a few years and then you arrive to the point where, you do it again at a certain age and then you go, what the, what the hell am I doing here? And it's exactly what uh, they say here. It's like, what, 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 what the hell am I doing here? And then it says, I want to fight with your cousin. It's just like, it just, it just, I really, I don't know, like the, 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 cause you've been in Bristol and I out in Bristol and it's not like the most, mellow night is it it's quite like rowdy and you know there are people that kind of start on you a little bit and i guess anywhere in the uk but i can i can yeah i, can, I mean manchester's I, similar yeah, yeah i can i can say that because i lived in bristol but i just um 
I I really I really like this song and I like the sound of it. It's very different from Idols. It's kind of more like of a eighties kind of vibe. Um, yeah. And uh, I I I like where they're going because I think they're 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 trying new things and I think although their album is still deep and personal, this is deeper and per- more personal. But also they're they're kind of doing different things by still but by still being idols so yeah i think this is a a great song and uh, yeah. a great representation of your night in bristol and uh, when you reach uh, 27 you go oh my goodness why am i in this club right now <laughs> i can agree with that <laughs> i just want to be in a pub <laughs> and go home at 11 <laughs> um yeah, exactly. Just a pub. That's all I need now. I don't need the the, the club and the dim club. sum and the the Spaniard man dancing. I mean, Spaniard yeah. men are fine, but not. In yeah, the club. they're fine. Just I just do need to go to the next club. It's okay. Yeah, let's be let's chat in the pub rather than dan- dance in the club. So yeah, we move on from that slightly mellower one to um another new sound for idols, but probably the most aggressive and abrasive that they've ever sounded with the track Car Crash, which was the second single from the album. Mm. Um, This sounds like, and I've seen multiple people make this comparison, and I think it's probably definitely inspired by the uh, experimental hip-hop group Death Grips, Mm. who put out very aggressive, abrasive beats with sort of this loud, um, kind of almost panicked rapping over the top of it. And that's what this track is. This is um, this is uh, about as close to hip hop as they get. I mean, they've they've always circled, especially from Ultramono to this album, circled within the hip hop landscape. But this mm. is this feels like a hip hop track. They created the drum beat by um, recording it onto a vinyl acetate and then playing it back, mm. uh, which causes the um, vinyl sort of is like a liquid and it it degrades as it's played um and that sort of helps to create this sort of fraying sensation with the song and then the lyrics are just sort of this stream of consciousness assault on the senses um yeah lots and lots of uses of the word i i did this i i got myself together i got myself in check i made myself a member i got myself out of the red i upgraded my upgrade give us our daily bread i yeah. got paid on payday now i dress well fed i clearly won the friendly left my opponents dead i got the keys it just goes it doesn't stop there's yeah. no break in it it's yeah. it's it's exactly the song that should be called car crash because it, it just <laughs> go, yeah. it just it's just attacks you um yeah and yeah, and the the sort of it's not even the chorus, but just the kind of the the only break in the lyrics is when he goes smash, I'm a car yeah. crash, and then straight back in. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I I mean I I I I I this song is difficult not to love in my opinion. I I really really yeah. like this track. It's it's I it, it's got so much. It's too, there's too much in it to understand every line if you see what i mean yeah but ev- it means that every time you hear it i pick out different yeah bits absolutely um mm. to to kind of um understand uh the only the only lyric that i hear every single time i hear the the song the only lyric that like reliably jumps out at me is racist prick on the right side no one to yeah. trust on the left yeah <laughs> 
um, for maybe yeah. obvious reasons in the UK at the moment. But um, yeah, I mm. it's 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 great. What do you think of it? Um, I agree what 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 you said, and it's just like a constant like, and it it is very hip hop in a way that you just kind of you you pick out what you want to what you can hear or what you can understand um yeah. and uh yeah i just i just read which kind of makes sense um uh that uh what uh joe um Tarbot wrote um it's like uh it's the horrifical it is the horrific it's the horrific come down hangover waking up in the morning and realizing the smashes like what the fuck am i doing with my life and it kind of <laughs> I don't know. It kind of like if if you think about a hangover and a you know a, a come down, which means he has taken drugs the night before, so it's kind of like a different kind of hangover. Um, it's just um, it's a pretty interesting song because also you know after if you you know after you you have these kind of nights, then your come down it also kind of affects you emotionally mentally uh physically and you you do your brain does go everywhere and you do feel and i think that is you know that's what this is this is uh just him considering everything and yep um yeah and we've also got another uh, mention of um being on all fours there's a you caught me on my knees yeah. knees are all red you caught me on mm. all fours smooching the floor so that repeated uh, image again of being uh, mm. of of crawling. Yeah. No, it's an amazing song. It's a, it's a great song. Yeah. And it was an interesting one yeah. too. It felt very specific that they released uh, the Beachland Ballroom and this as the two singles because it's the two sort of polar opposite but the two most mm. different songs from what normal idols are but they're also very different from each other. Um, it made it yeah. very difficult to know what the album was going to be hearing just those two tracks before it came out. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um, man, it's it's a song, and also I've 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 been listening to this album on the way driving to and from work quite a bit, and yeah, same. It it, it, it it's it's um, it's it's a lot to have going at you when you're driving <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like the sort of audio equivalent of a car crash because it's it starts like it gets you a bit sort of panicked and manic when it comes on um so yeah no it's a it's a great song uh yeah that's car crash then we get into a song that i've got the most um mixed feelings on i think on the album Mm. uh the next track the new sensation uh i don't like songs about a dance song what i don't like songs that are about a dance a dance yeah so for example uh the time warp the macarena ah yeah yeah okay the harlem shake (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just find them annoying. I've never enjoyed songs about a dance and I always hate being mm. in a club or somewhere and one comes on and everyone starts doing the Macarena or that. Just, I don't like it. Mm. So this song, the first time I heard it, because like 
the first time I heard it, I was like, why is he just, why have they just got this song about like, you know, um, I, it's just like, do, do the new sensation, do the new sensation, shimmy real hard like you Richard Pryor, lie like, like, I didn't get anything from it beyond just everybody stand up for a bit, get up on your feet and get down for a bit, shake it to the snare and get down to the kick, shake your tiny tushy like you don't give a shit. And and I just sort of, I was like, I don't understand what this is meant to be about or what it's meant to be doing. And then after I listened to it a few times, I heard the second verse jumped out to me, which is, so yeah, you want to retrain so you now, jump from the right yeah. to the left brain now. Yeah. You just got to change your stance up and retrain as yeah. a dancer. And then when I read the Consequence of Sound article from them and they mentioned it specifically, it's about Rishi Sunak, who's the, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what he is, the Chancellor. He's an MP what in charge it? of money. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. he said in the pandemic that people who work in the <laughs> yeah. arts and creative industries should retrain and get jobs yeah. in different industries, which is um, yeah. offensive awful mm -hmm. assumes yeah. that a it's that simple for someone who's dedicated their life to one thing to just change to something yeah. else and that there's that there's enough jobs to support that to support mm -hmm. an entire industry of people suddenly tr changing industries um yeah. and also is also assuming that in a, in a in a time of hardship like the pandemic that there's no value yeah. in art which is not true it more than ever before almost like netflix like all of these places that people go to for entertainment were more required than ever during the pandemic because without that it mm. was it was a daily grind of 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 nothing of repeating the same yeah. thing staying in your house mm -hmm. like we needed we needed entertainment and the arts um and to just say oh it, it was is awful and so i and so i like the song more obviously seeing that that mm. it's a reaction to that um but i still think it's not got enough connection to that idea for me. There's that one verse about it. And then mm. the rest of the song is largely him going, do the new sensation and any song yeah. that's like, do the something, do the time walk, do the <laughs> Macarena. Yeah. I just find it annoying. And I know that this mm. is almost joking about it and being ironic. And I get the idea of wanting an almost funny song at this point in the album set list makes sense. But, mm. um, I do the something, something I'm not keen on. What do you think of this yeah. song? Like one thing that this album does is that it doesn't like it has different beat songs detached like attached. So you have Car Crush that is very like kind of like um very kind of the beat is kind of slow and repetitive. And then and and it's kind of like it's 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 a list. And so it just goes and goes and then and with all different uh, lyrics. And then this song come, comes out and is a very high-tempo, repetitive song where the, he repeats the same <coughs> things over and over again, which is do the new sensation. So already that change kind of like shifts gears whilst while you're listening. So in a way, I found that enjoyable even before kind of listening to the song. Um I, I was it the the verse two is the one that really I, I got straight away where it says so you want to retrain now what you were talking about because I was just reading an article um about uh, I read an article just before listening to this album about um 
this person saying, oh, you know, I don't think that um, uh, COVID has changed you. Don't think you can be an artist now. Like it was an article on those lines. And in a way, um, that article and what Rishi Sunak said, it's a kind of like, it's, it's like you can change, you can be whatever you want. And so don't listen to people saying that because COVID has arrived you can be different because i think you can be different anytime you can do whatever you want but also don't assume don't think that because i'm an artist i can do anything else you know what i mean mm. does it make sense what i'm yeah. saying yeah. yeah and um and so i i i, I like this song because when i s- listen to these lyrics it makes sense and it kind of like it's it's covid it's what covid is about and um, what COVID is about is what, you know, how people have felt and what people have um, experienced during COVID. So um, I I like this song. Um, I, I think it's quite um, ironic and quite, you know, he's saying do the new sensation, but it's kind of in a very kind of punky way. And so it's not fun. You can't even imagine somebody doing the new sensation. What kind of dance is the new sensation? I kind of imagine somebody like, you know, <laughs> having a sort of seizure dance, you know, because like do the new sensation, da, 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 you know. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I um, I really like this song. Um, it might not be my favorite, but I think it's um, it's a well constructed song, in my opinion. Um. And yeah. Good. Yeah. Nice. And then um, I sing it along when I'm in the car. You know. Oh yeah. Do the new sensation. <laughs> Everybody stand up for a bit. Get up on your feet and get down for a bit. <laughs> Shake it. I just yeah. I just don't like singing about dancing. That's my yeah, own problem though. To... I can't blame the band for Yeah. Yeah, but I'll I'll never enjoy uh, do the as lyrics if you see what I mean, do the whatever, but never mind. Um, yeah. So that's my own personal issue. Not 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 nothing to do with idols. They've they've crafted another another great song. Mm. Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yes. Stockholm syndrome. Um, probably one of the more commonly known uh hostage based syndromes is where somebody uh sort of begins to empathise with their captor in a hostage situation. This mm. song is supposed to be uh, like a sort of angry marching band song, according to uh, the band, which mm. is, is interesting and not something I've ever yet... I've not found my way into seeing it from that angle yet. I'm not quite sure what that means. To me, it sounds like a, an idol song, which is a fine thing. I think that this mm. song is the most sort of lyrically poetic track on the album because mm. it's the song that I'm still listening to and reading lyrics to and still sort of trying to understand it. it it's the most complex song, I think, lyrically. What 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 do you mm. think? Um, I was just listening now whilst and... Um... The, the 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 lyric that stands out for me more is when it goes a royalist a royalist and a drug user walk into a bar 
uh, both of the happy <coughs> drinks because in the end it's gone too far. Like it's um, but that's the only one that really stands out to me when when I listen and to to the song and when and when I listen to the entire song, I I am reading the lyrics now and I just didn't get them, not get them, understand them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's partly to do with the 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 dangers of judging people yeah. for their addictions because it makes mm-hmm. you a hypocrite because you are you yourself will always have similar things even if it's not drug addiction um because so I guess there's an idea of like he says he's a pacifist quaking on a quaking on a pile of collected things tearing at his infant lungs like is that a reference to people like me, I suppose, that 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 judge people for being very militaristic and and that I, or maybe judge people for being drug addicts, which I don't mm. do, but like, but then will are addicted to collecting tat. Like I have a a large collection of tat, um, in the form of Funko Pops and and Blu rays mm. and things. And is that you know equally. A, a ridiculous addiction that I should stop. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm interpreting it wrong or if there's mm. another, like, it's, but it's, it's got a lot going on. Like, there's one reference to something called Hume's gu- guillotine, which is a philosophical problem that, that genius is just now uh, enlightening me to what it means. And it's something to do with using facts to justify morals. Hmm. Uh, because your moral beliefs are your own, and not anyone else's. Uh, which I kind of, I kind of think I can see what he's getting at. But again, I mean, it's very, it's 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 very dense. It's a very dense song, that I that I, and especially paired with the new sensation. This is probably my. This is this is the low point of the album for me, and not a low point in terms of I think it's bad, but certainly the point that I'm least invested in the album is, mm-hmm. is, is these two songs back to back. Um, yeah, there's a, in the chorus, um, when he says, um, just give them enough rope, how can I feel myself when I can't even feel my face? Like, I thought that might be, because this is the middle of the album, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is track number six, nearly the middle of the album. There are 14 tracks in the album. But if you consider and that two of, two of those tracks aren't really tracks entirely, yeah. it really mm. is the midpoint, isn't it? Yeah, and um, when he says, "I when I uh, how can I feel myself when I can't even feel my face?" Like I think I think this might be something to do with drug use. You know, when somebody takes yeah you know, yeah drugs and um and so he I think he's considering how 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 he's. How, you know, he doesn't know exactly how he is. And I think maybe that's why this is such a complex song, because it's just, he doesn't even know, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And the the chorus kind of, like, stands out quite a bit. It's like, just cause it's like I've, got, I've got more stories to tell, mm-hmm. but I can't remember time nor place. So he's just like just in a in a in a probably in a probably in a drug induced stupor, and that's why he doesn't know how he feels because that's what drugs do. Mm. After a while, you abuse them. So um, yeah, 
but the song see, yeah. the song is sort of about not necessarily judging people for their addictions. So I suppose judgment yeah, isn't going to help anyone, is it? It's, it's yeah. better to kind of support than judge. Yeah, because you don't know where they came from, you know. I didn't realise his, his mother suffered from an addiction. And mm. that's probably why he is suffering from drug addiction and, you know, it's all a, you know, it's all a spiral. And uh, definitely don't judge people. And people do judge people that take drugs. It's really a big thing. Yeah. But then, yeah. is he also saying, you know, you shouldn't judge equally? It's why we why would you judge a royalist? Which is a, a more a knottier issue for me because I would judge people for not addictions necessarily, but for disagreeing with my view mm. of the world. It's very easy to judge people. So, mm. is that part of the message of the song as well, or it's it's um it's it's a complicated mm. one, I think. Yeah, because it's also interesting. It's probably this is a, an appropriate time to mention that he's said in interviews recently that he, they're, they're not going to play Model Village live now. Mm. This track off Ultramono because he he thinks he was in the wrong place and was angry at the wrong people and chose the wrong targets when he wrote that song. Okay, because that is a very judgmental song about a certain mm. type of you know small minded yeah. British person. But I'm yeah, I'm probably not as far along whatever journey he's on because I still feel like. Uh, the people he discusses in the song Model Village are people that I would judge and dislike. So yeah. it's 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 complex. He's made it's it's far less black and white than previous, particularly in Ultramono, where none of the songs yeah. felt like they'd have this ambiguity to them. Hmm. Um, which I like. I don't love this song yet, but I like that it exists on this album and that the the, the album has space for songs like this on it. Yeah. <coughs> um. But moving on. We get to the first single, the 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 the, the lead mm. single for the album, um, the Beachland Ballroom, which is named after a real place, uh, a venue in Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, called the Beachland Ballroom, um, and I think the the story is that Idols were playing a smaller venue, uh, and and Joe looked into the Beachland Ballroom and started to think about the fact that, um they are moving up to playing bigger venues and in those bigger venues they can maybe be more creative and have more freedom to try different things and rather than be defined by what they have been in the past. Um, which links musically to the track because musically this is unlike anything Idols have ever done before. No. Um, they've described it repeatedly in interviews as a soul song. Um, but interestingly doesn't link lyrically with what the song is about. The, the song's lyrics are really, really about... Um, trauma and sort of mm -hmm. coming in the center point of the album the lyrics really feel like they're trying to within one song sum up the overall theme of the album yeah. um which is you know makes sense that it was released as a uh, as the as the lead single um mm. and again we've got more lyrics about being on knees i was on my knees for days and then i sat on all fours and i made i made i made mm. i'm not praying baby i'm not yeah. begging darling uh, yeah um yeah it, it it's it's incredible yeah i really love this song unexpected not what you expect to hear from idols at all and 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 just so like the, the they put out two music videos for this song the first music video is uh the camera right close up on uh joe talbot's face that's the only thing you see is his face and his you know his mouth takes up the entire camera shot basically the second track they put out um, is a shot of the whole band performing the song. And that track much more illustrates 
how little some members of the band have to do in this song. Um, you know, the the drumming is quite. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to sort of sound like I'm. It's not as knotty and complex. I don't think as some previous idols work, and it's certainly they're not doing as much as they usually do. The band and a lot of it is on Joe the singer, mm. and um. It reminded me a little bit of when you when you read interviews with Radiohead talking about Kid A and mm. how certain members of the band had to... like That could have been the making or breaking of Radiohead, that album, because people like Phil Selway, the drummer in Radiohead, had to sort of c- come to terms with what's my, what's my place in a Radiohead song that doesn't yeah. have drums in it? What, 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 what do I do in that, in, in that circumstance? And they sort of discovered as a band how to continue with, with a sound that isn't the traditional rock sound and um obviously this isn't quite to that degree but certainly it's interesting to see the band being comfortable with doing tracks that maybe don't utilize all of them all the time yeah. in the way that um in the way that yeah. maybe previous previous albums did and that that level of restraint and knowing when to be restrained sort of makes everything more powerful as a result of it you know the things around it where they do go mm. all in feel bigger yeah and more intense as a result of these songs where they sort of strip themselves back a little bit, which I like. Um, I guess it gives also like a, a <coughs> sense of trust and not of like um, nobody's more important than anybody else, you know, like, um, yeah. And although you can't hear me now, you can't, you know, the a particular member of the band is not as um, noticeable now, like living with that without being, frustrated with that and just going well it's all part of the process of being a band you know yeah definitely um and then yeah lyrically yeah it's it's about damage it's about being at your lowest ebb i think from yeah from the trauma of of various things i don't know if this song specifies addiction as being the source of any trauma Mm. It it's just it could be any number of things that, has, that have led to the character in this song being, because also this album more than other albums, it, it, well I don't know actually at times it feels very personal to Joe Talbot the singer, and other times mm. like this song it can feel a bit more character based and maybe not specifically about him, um or or could be applied to other people which is interesting um. Mm. And yeah, it's just it's just quite a, a quite a beautiful, soulful meditation on mm. on damage and trauma. And um, yeah. yeah, I don't know that there's there's much else to say beyond it's it's just a it, great song. I guess anyone could that has suffered any kind of trauma could relate to this song without mm. having the same trauma. You know, is it's just. Um, anybody can relate because it's just talking about you know the silence ringing for days the wind that turns the trees made me sway made me sway made me sway you know it's just it could be anything it could be however you're feeling at that particular moment in time when 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 it when he says damage it's just such a i don't know it's like damage damage it's just so powerful yeah like it's not it's not a a up-tempo song it doesn't it doesn't use like you said 
um, you know, is is not as powerful music musically, but lyrically and how it is made is so it's such a amazing song and so um um meaningful yeah yeah i agree um and then we get into uh crawl with an exclamation point on it this is my second favorite track on the album of course why of course because it's the, one of the noisiest. It's really it noisy. Is, it's like, it is very noisy. like the noisy ones. I'm like more like the the ones that are just kind of, yeah, you're, this is really noisy. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, there's some really good, like, I like it when he uses very visual imagery and visual metaphors that really stick in my mind. And I always picture, um, in the line where it's, God damn, I'm feeling good, said the liar mm. to the congregation. That just immediately creates an image in my head of somebody. Like, the, the I think that the, those two lines just say so much. You know, somebody who's all front, making out that they're on top of the world, but, you know, mm. said the liar to the congregation. Clearly they're not. Um, I just, I love that line. And then the, the, when he goes, and yeah, I'm a crawler. <laughs> <laughs> crawling hurts but it worked like it just oh it gets me going i love it i absolutely um love this song it's uh it's the described by the band as the turning point of the album mm. after the crash uh you're now a, you know you're a crawler you're on your hands and knees and you're starting that that journey of self-realization mm. and knowing where you are and understanding where you, that what's happened to you and beginning mm. to be a bit defiant about it, um, which I think is really, you know, uh, uh, I, I love that this album has a journey and you can yeah, feel it happening definitely. within this song, particularly as he starts to kind of build up and, and realise what's, you know, he wants to escape from this cycle, possibly. Um, and yeah, like 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 you said, it, it, it's, it's a big, loud, punky, mm. classic idol song. Yeah. It feels like, because up to this point we've had... We've had a few aggressive loud songs like Car Crash and The Wheel. But yeah, like The but... Wheel the, the the Wheel's got that glam rock edge to it where it doesn't it doesn't hundred percent feel like an idol song. Um Car Crash is loud and aggressive, but it's it's hip hop more than it is idols, traditional like what you expect. The new sensation has got that that mm. dance beat thing going on, Stockholm syndrome. The lyrics are what stop it from feeling like kind of classic idols. And this is all good things that these songs don't feel like classic idols. But um, when you get to crawl and you start that journey back up, it's interesting that it's the first song, I think, on the album that truly it's got those that visual imagery that he uses in, 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 in you know, old idol songs. It's mm. musically it sounds the closest to classic idols, I think, that you found on the album. Yeah, it's got the exclamation point in the title. And um, it's great. I I love it. What do you think of this song? No, it's 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 uh it's um, yeah, it's it's it it's it is definitely a turn. And um, you know, he talks about you know because has um you know um I'm alright um 
you know, when it goes, I'm all right. Um, yeah. And then it goes, uh, I'm feeling my new fucking feet. And, you know, it, it is, and it is them, isn't it? This is definitely like their noisy selves, which, you know, of course, how can you not like this song? If you like idols, you're going to love this song. But I know this is definitely a song that you would enjoy because it's just, yeah. it's just noisy. But again, every song is next to a song that is very different, and oh yeah, definitely because yeah, and it's amazing. But still going on the same journey. I wonder yeah, what definitely. what it means. Like, Godam, I'm feeling good. Said the liar to the congregation. I wonder who's the liar. The the addict who's still in that place of not being able to admit that they're an addict maybe mm. so they're saying like I'm feeling good and saying that they're not addicts anymore and then they still are I mean there's an annotation on Genius I don't know who mm. wrote it for that, for that line that says this song takes place in a manic space where the singers begun finding ways to cope with their trauma mm. even if they aren't necessarily healthy they insist that they're fine Better than fine, despite the instability of their emotional state. They're mm. screaming their insurances, desperately trying to prove what they know isn't true. Mm. Um, but at least they've made, I guess at least they've made, I can I can kind of see what they mean by that. I think that's probably accurate. Um, and yeah, it's through this song is where they start to self-actualise a bit and, and realise that they're, they are a crawler. Um, crawling hurts, but it works for me, etc. Could it, but could it be also like, <clears throat> it is the turning point. But could it be also, you know, him telling himself that he's all right, even if he hasn't reached that point yet? Yeah, I think so, definitely. But I think there's also an element of like, does that probably, I mean, I've never been, um, I, I mean, the whole the whole problem with this podcast entirely is that my, I don't, I've not had the experiences of addiction and trauma <laughs> that he has. So I can't speak from mm. experience, but... I imagine there's a probably a feeling of ecstasy what just when you make that initial realization that you want yeah. to make a change and you'll go all in manically mm. determined to make that change whereas maybe what you know the next song is where the come down starts to happen a little bit and they start to maybe yeah. find healthier ways of or I don't know we'll talk about the song but maybe help less manic ways of starting mm. to think about long term recovery um, yeah well, I guess, I guess, like any any kind of trauma, you you know, when you when you when something happens <coughs> and you go, oh, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, and then you realize after that, uh, you are not okay mm. because you could have died. Yeah, I just know this from like the only way I can relate is when I got hit by a car, and I stood up. And I apologized to the person that hit me. <laughs> and I was like, I was fine, I was fine, I was fine. And then I, I had really bad, you know, I think I texted you as well. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I just got hit by a car. Yeah, it was quite a panic. It was quite a scary text message. To but, then, but then I, I did, I did have really bad, like, I, I had like a long, it took me a, a, a few years to not have like the feeling of somebody coming from my right and yeah, hitting me. Yeah, I can me. imagine. Yeah. And so I think, but although you go with your, because you don't want to, also you don't, yeah, I think, I think the other thing 
what I, I think this song is, it's just, it's when people ask you, are you okay? And because you don't want to bother them, you go, oh yeah, of course I'm fine, I'm fine. And you want to be fine because that's the, you have to be fine, don't you? But then, mm-hmm. and then you go home and you're by yourself and you're actually like not fine. I don't know. I, I think that's how I can relate to this song a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I went on a tangent. No, no, it was a good tangent. The next track is is more sort of not not as much so, but closer to Stockholm Syndrome again for me, where I'm still I know what they'd say the song is about, and I'm still wrapping my mind around finding that within the lyrics myself, if that mm. makes sense. The next song is called Meds. Um and is again a fairly idolsy song. Another one that we can expect uh, from idols traditionally. Um, and is, 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 according to them, about the cycle of recovery, uh, but is also about uh, imposter syndrome and, and um, mm. not trying to normalise people who, who shouldn't have to feel, you know, normal, or what is normal, um, and how everyone can feel like they're an imposter. My friend sent me a brilliant um, sort of meme about this recently in terms of imposter syndrome and, mm. you know, thinking that everyone else knows what they're doing when nobody knows what they're doing. And <laughs> no. it was... Um, it was, I think it's it was so Andy, true. Andy Samberg and let me find the, uh, let me find the image because it was quite useful. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, so um, it's, it's an interview with uh, Bill Hader uh, okay. who was on Saturday Night Live and he's talking mm. about Andy Samberg and their audition for, to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, um, He's saying, I actually went up the elevator with Andy Samberg. That was when we met, when we were going to our auditions. He had a backpack on full of tons of props. And I was looking at him going, oh, no, I don't have any props. Oh, man, (laughs) that guy's got props. And then he said he was looking at me going, that guy doesn't have any props. He doesn't need props. Why do I have props? And um, somebody's written underneath, I feel like this is pretty much the most accurate way to describe life as an adult. And that whatever you're doing... (laughs) If you see somebody doing something different to you, just assume yeah. that they know what's going on and you don't. Yeah. Um, and they're probably looking at you being like, why are they doing that? Why am I doing this? That's not. So. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I think, I think, I think it just, it, you know, we should sort of normalize imposter syndrome more because I think everyone, you know, yeah. other than people who are maybe sociopathically incapable of mm. uh, seeing the world from someone else's point of view i think most yeah. people experience imposter syndrome to one degree or another i experience it to an, a, a, oh. an, an, an overwhelming <laughs> degree um but i don't know where in the lyrics to this song meds i can't find my way into this being about it, imposter syndrome do you see what i mean hmm Beyond, there's a bridge near the end where he says, I'm crazy about my baby, but I'm crazier inside. I've got plenty who'd come and save me, but I choose to run and hide. Um, could be could be around it. What what do you think of this track? Um I love I love the bit when he says a medicate, meditate, medicate. Yeah. Uh it's kind of it's uh it it's really um interesting because um you sometimes hear meditate all the time or medicate and i feel um that's interesting because um you know you 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 conquer addiction or trauma with um medication which can cause other 
other things but um you know so they say say to meditate and you shouldn't really go on the medical side but that's the kind of most helpful and meditation takes a while medication is quite um fast um fast. yeah i mean i imagine i can see them both being fairly you know reasonable ways of getting over certain types of of addiction potentially but i can see i can imagine i can see the kind of visual idea of um somebody who is um who who goes through that cycle of addiction having almost Mm. the meditate the medication and then the meditation being part of that cycle that is unbroken and they go back to the start and they i can imagine them having conversations with their friends being like oh it's okay i'm back on i'm medicating again now and i'm meditating so Mm. and then it sort of repeats um which is you know quite a sad an upsetting um idea but I, I think maybe there's an element of that idea to what to what this song is about mm. um yeah i'm less i'm less sure maybe it's maybe i'm a moron but i'm less sure about the imposter thing <laughs> about where that comes in um i guess class guilt got me here yeah that's what's like it smash pills feel no fear and then after it says drugs lost what i had found burned friendships to the ground turned my frown upside down um. Or, or maybe again I've got plenty you'd come and save me but I choose to run and hide in terms of maybe mm. feeling like nobody cares Yeah. and why would anybody be interested how much are you allowing that idea of like you're an imposter that nobody's interested in mm. um, whereas really people would kind of help you out it's again I, I think music musically I like this track more than mm. Stockholm Syndrome so I like this song yeah. more than Stockholm Syndrome but again with the lyrics I don't think they're bad I think they're just going to take a longer time to sort of uh, yeah. coalesce for me Yeah. we move on to the shortest track on the album next mm-hmm. uh, it's entirely instrumental and it's called Kalechi Kalechi um, and the sort of sad uh, element to this is that Kalechi is apparently the name of a friend of Joe Talbot's who killed himself last year, uh, which is obviously, you know, really upsetting and traumatic mm. and tragic. Um, and it is a, I, I suppose it, I, it's a very beautiful sort of short 30-second piece of music that is... Mm. Um, a nice tribute to to this friend of Joe Talbot's um, to to sort of name it after him, which is yeah, you know a nice touch um, for Joe, and it's the introduction to the following track, uh, Progress. It was a, it was written as a it was written to be a, an extended intro to that song, so it comes before Progress, and it works as uh, appropriately as a buffer between a very loud traditionally idols sounding song and then progress which is um probably musically mm. the most far from idols sound on the on the whole album i think um do you have anything else to say about this track kalechi before we talk about progress um no it's just a really um i didn't realize it was a different song i thought um kalechi and progress were the same song yeah, well, they feel you know it goes. It yeah. goes they 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 segue into each other completely. Yeah, so I didn't um, realize um, uh, there were because I listened to it on Spotify in my car. I don't look at the tracks. Um, I didn't yeah. realize. 
yeah. I just was having, sorry, I was just having thoughts about meds and maybe how the imposter syndrome comes. And then this comes after, you know, maybe, maybe imposter syndrome is, you know, he didn't really have trauma. He assumed, you know, that could oh, him be think, him, thing. him think, convincing himself he didn't have trauma. Yeah. But no, him convincing himself that maybe he had trauma, but maybe he didn't really have trauma because he's now okay. I don't know. Just because, like, if the next track is about his friend um, committing suicide, I wonder if he's feeling like an imposter that maybe he he wasn't really in the in uh, as he didn't he wasn't as bad as he thought he was. I don't know. Just a thought I had. Now, um. Yeah. Who knows? Um, the next track is called Progress. Yeah. Uh, and it's a mantra. Mm-hmm. And it is my favourite track on the album. Mm-hmm. I love this song from the first time I heard it. I absolutely adored it. It's yeah. uh it's it one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've heard in my life, mm. I think. I adore this song. Um and it's just it's these sort of repeated, he sort of repeats the following lines again and again throughout the whole song. Um, as heavy as my bones were, I don't want to feel myself get high, 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 come. As light as your grace was, I don't want to feel myself come down, high, come, home, too. Mm. And it sort of goes on like that. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's meant to be that moment of realisation um and a mantra to help him realize and come to terms mm. with that he doesn't want to go back into that addiction and that trauma again and go back through that cycle that he wants to break it and that mm. feeling of um i think i've heard people to, to talk before about when they're going sort of coming down from drugs and trying to get rid of drugs that their bones feel heavy yeah. and he's saying as heavy as my bones were i don't want to feel myself get high like Mm. having to will himself into breaking it and not wanting to do it um and not wanting maybe as light as your grace was is that sort of is he is he talking to um the idea of drugs there and the, the feeling lightness and the the kind of mm. elation and ecstasy sensation but he doesn't want to feel the, the after effects anymore he doesn't want to feel himself come down anymore and yeah. he wants to break break it and um it just repeats that over and over again above a, 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 mm. a over this very beautiful music, um, yeah. which is which contains a binaural beat, <clears throat> um, a binaural beat is where you play two tracks. Do you know what a binaural beat is? Um, I guess it's like two beat, two different beats on the same track. Yeah, but it's a certain thing. Let me get it up again because it's da, 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 da. Mm. two different frequencies playing. So two mm. beats at different frequencies, mm. and it sort of creates a brainwave. And so they they've 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 used a frequency that's meant to engender forward thinking and self reflection. Um, mm. and having having a binaural beat like that underneath a song called Progress with those lyrics, I think the whole thing comes together, um, in a way that's perfect. And again. Is is another song where mem- certain members of the band, I imagine, had to be comfortable with their not being yeah. a huge part of that track and finding the, mm. their way of of contributing, which is um yeah, 
I love it. I really, really love this song. And um, I like if if I'm driving and I get to where I'm going and this song starts, I have to stay in the car until it finishes. I, <laughs> I it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's a really beautiful song. It's uh, really, really beautiful. And um, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. It's just, um, and he's realised that he doesn't want to be high anymore. Even though, you know, I, I, as light as your grace was, as as as, as much as I uh, loved it, <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to yeah. feel the... The come down the the come down no it's 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 beautiful it's uh definitely not an idle sound and um yeah i think uh, i think i think they're being very brave with their fourth album although they're still being themselves i feel like there's um a good mixture of sounds and yeah definitely um, production and uh, and and lyrics that are so much deeper than um ultra mono mm. And it's interesting when Ultramono came out in interviews, they were saying, you know, we, we can't do this again. We need we can't make another album that sounds like this. Yeah. We're going to have to do something different next time. Yeah. Which I took to mean, oh, they're going to go away for a little bit and come back in a, you know, two or three years, <laughs> not a year later. Uh, and, and, yeah. and have genuinely followed up on what they said they were going to do, which is yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, Progress is, is a great song. We come from Progress into, the Progress probably being the lightest and sparsest song on the album. Yeah into the heaviest song on the album, a 30-second long um, yeah. hammer to the head called Wiz, uh, which um, is has not many lyrics. It goes, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, P1, rocket fuel, bang, bang, off the train, Peruvian flake, mm, pink champagne. And <laughs> That's it. The, those lyrics are entirely constructed from old text messages from Joe Talbot's drug dealer. And um, I think it's meant to... Ah. I, <laughs> I think it's meant to represent um, sort of temptation and the idea mm. that, because he mentions the idea that uh, he would have blocked the number, or not blocked the number, he deleted the number from his contacts list, but not blocked mm. the number so the texts still come through to sort of tempt him to go back into that cycle after the kind of self-actualization, realisation moment from progress. He's immediately hit mm. with these very heavy, big temptations, these sort of texts from, from a dealer. Um which is which is interesting, and I kind of think, again, just the sequencing of the songs on the album has been really carefully considered, and I think it works perfectly. And that mm. song, Progress, bookended by two very different 30-second sort of oral sn- mm. snippets, uh, again, w- works really well, I think. So, yeah, that's Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into the final two songs on the album, mm. um, starting with King Snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and King Snake, uh, one of the one of the closest to Ultra Mono, I think, because it's got yeah. it's got one idea, and he's repeating that idea again and again and again using different uh, images. So I'm the Duke of Nothing, I'm the Sultan of Sands, I'm the King of Diddley, I'm the Shell of a Man, the Emperor of Zip, the Leader of Nought, the God of Zilch, a Vacuum of Thought. That's the first verse, and it's effectively the same line repeated again and mm-hmm. again and again. The idea being, he is nothing. But I think the song is supposed to be about owning that fact, like that being a positive yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. To realise that you're nothing, that you're not important in the yeah. grand scheme of things is is almost a Buddhist idea they've described it as. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of power in yeah. making that realisation and realising you know, that you're nothing. And there's an interesting line in it, I think, um, right near the end. So he said, 
the final verses, a drop in the ocean, a shadow in the night, a wheel with no motion, a dog with no bite, deputy manager's assistant, 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 don't like, don't listen, yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. final <clears throat> that final bit to me is almost a comment on the people who criticise um, idols and Joe Talbot in particular for sort of being very sloganeering and being very preachy and um, thinking that they're more important, he's, you know, kind of self-important lyrics i think this whole yeah. song is partly a little bit this this album's much less a reaction to the critics than ultra mono was which had lo- yeah. entire songs dedicated to it but this bit mm-hmm. i think some of that's slipping in with the idea that he's saying i'm not important i'm no one i don't matter more than anyone else if you don't like what i have to say don't listen to me i'm, I'm not yeah. gonna force you to absolutely um which i think is interesting that it just squeezes it in at the very end of this song rather than you know you had yeah a song like Mr. Motivator on Ultra Mono, the entire song is about his reaction to, mm. to kind of critics of his lyrics. Um, I I like this song. It's good. It doesn't do a lot. It's very simple. No. Um, mm. But I like it. What do you think of it? I completely agree with <coughs> what you said. It's uh, the realisation that whatever anybody says really doesn't really matter. You know, don't don't put your an energy on me. And the fact that, that he had so much, this band has got so much criticism, it's, uh, even from people that kind of have the same ideas as them is the classic thing that now is divide and conquer, isn't it? It's just like divide, let's divide people with the same ideas because maybe they're not as uh, working class as me. And we talked about it before, instead of like uniting and saying, yeah, we have the same ideas, we might preach them in different ways, but let's unite and conquer. (laughs) No? Yeah. Definitely. Um, Although they do have a song called "Divide and Conquer" on their first album, yeah, but. yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and that, but that's the thing is like it, 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 it's it's a thing of a society from from forever that we have to divide people even with similar uh, ideas because if too many people with similar ideas come together, then uh, maybe there'll there'll be a change, you know. Mm-hmm. And so let's criticize these these guys, but why? Don't don't pay attention. And he's right. Don't listen. If you if you if I'm that bad, just don't listen. Go away. And agreed. Yeah. yeah so great great song. It's a so it's, it's a good song. And one person who wanted lots of people to come together with a similar idea to change things was uh, Marxist communist revolutionary Leon Trotsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, who um is very relevant to the final track at the end the end the yes. end um trotsky knew that joseph stalin's um assassins were going to murder him he knew that he was on the hit list and he didn't have long left and he he was staring down the barrel of his own death yeah and uh, he sat in his garden one day and watched his wife in the garden and he wrote in his diary in spite of it all life is beautiful yeah um <laughs> And then a week later, he was um, he was dead. He was gone, which is mm-hmm. interesting. I think I I think J- Joe Talbot's obviously or somebody in the band has has kind of read this story and heard this and really connected with that idea. And I think it is a beautiful mm-hmm. idea that and a, just a really you know I I love um, I'm not much of a poetry person, mm. <clears throat> but I really really love sort of I love it when a lyricist or a poet is able to in just maybe a handful of lines, two lines, um, create an entire 
essays worth of ideas if you see what i mean mm. and like yeah that that those two lines in spite of it all life is beautiful is just such mm-hmm. a a beautiful idea and it is the chorus to this final track the end um yeah and was also used in um a lot of the pr- early promotional stuff for this album before the album itself had officially been announced um mm. signs had been going up particularly in bristol i think there was a big sign outside uh, is it temple meads is the main train station yeah. in bristol there's a big big sign outside there that just said in spite of it all life is beautiful um mm-hmm. kind of hinting at the return of idols and uh yeah it's um it's a really just a gorgeous lyric and uh the song as a whole is is just this big loud we've done it we've achieved what we wanted um empowering self-actualized yeah. assault basically and mm-hmm. say you know cuts like a knife stings like a tick kicks like a mule i'm back i'm here i'm powerful again and i'm ready to go um and in spite of everything i've been through in spite of all of those traumas and that addiction life is beautiful yeah which i think sometimes whether whether it's from trauma addiction or something else it's easy to mm. get into that mode in your head where the world is just a bad sad terrible place and um this line i think is almost a mantra that can help help you to yeah remember that you know in spite of all that there is still beautiful things happening in the world so yeah it's a great way to end the album what do you think alex yeah i agree fully what a boring boring person <laughs> i fully agree with what you say yeah good, it's good. um yeah he's come out of the other way he has maybe become a little bit more positive in his um in how he is and accepting more of other people's um not judging people too much. <clears throat> uh, he has come to terms with his addiction and the, the things that he did wrong. And in the end, he, you know, whatever whatever bad thing is happening, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's a it, it's really good ending to a really good album. Yeah, that is that is the album. That is that is Crawler by Idols, the fourth album by by Idols, and that is every track on it. So, um, I mean, overall, how do you feel about the album as a I, whole? I I abs- absolutely loved it, love it. I've listened to it all week, and you know, I've, um, how long is the album? About forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. about 47 minutes or so. Yeah, so I've got about uh, an hour drive to work and an hour drive back to, from work and, you know, listen to this album twice a day um, and, and discovering more and more of this album each time. It's, um, it's really beautiful and uh, they did a really good thing. And they've, they've gone out of their comfort zone uh they've grown up a little bit even in a year <laughs> or oh, he's grown up um yeah. uh, maybe he maybe he's more self-aware yeah definitely uh and um uh, definitely more poetic and just just different and i i really i really loved it i think it's a really great album Nice. Yes. What agree. did you think? 
I think it's uh, brilliant. I love it. I, you know, a lot of my favorite bands, bands like Radiohead, um, bands like, well, a lot of my favorite bands anyway. I can't think of many <laughs> great examples, but Radiohead are definitely a good example. Are bands yeah. that will, you know, Manic Street Preachers is are true as well to a degree. Mm. They will try different things. They will have albums that have different sounds, and they'll experiment and try and push themselves forward. And I, you know, I when I loved idols, they weren't, when I first loved idols, they hadn't really signified that that was who they were going to be. But with this album, I think they're showing that they're here to stay for a long time. Yeah. And that you, you aren't necessarily going to know what to expect from them, which is exactly what I want from, from a band that Mm. I love. So yeah, I, I love this album. I love most of the tracks on it. The tracks I don't love, I'm sure I'll get into eventually. And it's, and it's, um, and it's great. And I think at the moment, like right now, the way I feel about all of the albums is I would rank, um, I'll do a quick ranking of the four Idols albums oh. for you. So in at number four is Ultra Mono. Okay. Which, um, you know, I like that album a lot, but I definitely go back to it less than the others. Mm. Um, I think just because it is very one note to a degree, mm. it doesn't have a lot of uh, texture necessarily, mm. but it's got, it's probably got some of their best songs, but as an album, it's the less, the least mm. sort of okay cohesive. Uh, in in at number three, Brutalism, their their debut album, which I love to pieces and completely adore. Uh, number two, Joy is an act of resistance, and then at the moment, sitting at number one is this album, Crawler. I think it's the best oh, thing they've done. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've listened to the earlier albums enough to do a ranking of your own. No, but, uh, that's, not yeah, at that's all. That's how I feel. That's fine. I definitely, like, I know I've listened to Ultramono and this more, and I think um, this has definitely surpassed Ultramono. That's good, because of... you really liked Ultramono. Yeah, but I feel I can relate to this album more. Yeah. And it 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 just, you know, yeah, I can just, I can just relate to this album more. And as a as a as a lyric writer, like is is written beautifully. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely. I love and to I, listen to the other two a little bit more. Yeah, you definitely should. They're both really good. I mean, Joy's mm. and Resistance is a, a masterpiece. Um, and Brutalism is close to a masterpiece as well. I mean, they're both so good. Um. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what they do next. I can't imagine that we'll get another album next year. That that surely is too <laughs> too much for anyone to do. That would um, be like a Rihanna move, you know. She used to like release one album a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Fall did it for like thirty years somehow. The post punk icons, The Fall, did an album a year what? for like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I can't see them doing that but um no. i don't mind if they take a little break now and let this one sink in and then decide yeah. where they want to head next but um i'm seeing them live in january which i'm so excited oh, about exciting. especially now with this album to kind of incorporate into their set list i can't wait to see what it's like have um, you seen them live before yeah i saw them i saw them about two months ago they uh doing a small gig to promote the release of Ultramono, which should have been almost a year earlier if you see what i mean mm. uh, but it got yeah. delayed and delayed and eventually happened uh then and then i saw them just before ultramono was announced oh no i saw them in like november of 2019 i think uh, okay. uh on the end of the tour for joys and acts of resistance uh mm. which i was good but i was very sick uh so i didn't really get to fully enjoy it 
I'm always sick for some reason. You're always sick. A sickly person. I guess you um, have to wear. I, I guess you have to wear a mask more often. Um, sure. I don't have COVID, <laughs> so. Um, and yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's uh, that's our feelings on on crawler. It's an absolute yes. blast. Please listen to it if you haven't listened to it. Yeah. Um, quick coda on just general music chat. Have you listened to the re-release of Red at all, or have you? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it's good, man. It's Is a it? good album. Yeah, there's a Phoebe Bridges track on it in like oh. the bonus stuff that's really good. And I've never properly listened to Red because uh, I sort of got into the Taylor Swift bang- wagon with 1989. So uh, mm. it's been fun to to visit that for the first time properly and, and hear it, uh, which, yeah, is cool. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um uh, so that was episode 56, uh, Crawler. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we've uh, had a great time talking about that album. Uh, next week, please come back and join us for um, uh, the best of 2021 is what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, our favourite uh, films, TV series, uh, music, maybe video games from me uh, that were released in the calendar year of 2021. Um, it's going to be an absolute blast, so please do listen in. So if you're hearing this on the day it comes out, you might just have time to uh, announce, to, to, to send us a, a list. But other than that, uh, you're probably going to be too late. But um, please, I hope you have sent a list in earlier. But yeah, and best of 2021 next week. Um, it's going to be a blast celebrating what has been um, a fairly strong year for, for pop culture. Yeah. Um, with some some good stuff to to sort of just go through and just say that we enjoyed it and uh, celebrate the new year coming and then in the new year in the new year you can expect loads of more great culture bucket coming your way including uh, a deep dive on um the french dispatch uh wes anderson's latest magnum opus and also alex is going to watch all of the spider-man movies and we'll do an episode where she tells us what she thought about those and that's going to be a good time as well so So please uh, stick with us next year for that one. Thank you so much. I adore you and love you. you. And so, so does Alex. And bye.